are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs and the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs digital writer for Ken's Five in San Antonio, and I'm glad to have you back. Hey, your Spurs will be in action today. No, not the San Antonio Spurs, you really wish, but it's the San Antonio Summer League team. Uh, they are continuing their Salt Lake City review. This is their final game out in Utah, where we're going to look back at the first two games, what stood out, what hasn't stood out, any thoughts on what we've seen so far after just two Summer League games. Keep that in mind, everybody. It's just two Summer League games. Also on the show, we're going to be uh, – Catching up some news and notes and kind of looking at the roster and seeing, you know, hey, as it stands right now, what can we predict this team will do next season? Playoffs? I don't know. We'd have to discuss that with, uh, well, I don't even know how to say it. He is now the Jaeger Report and at the line, I mean, first of all, he's Ty Jaeger, a Spurs a writer, and Ty, you, you wear many hats. It's 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 growing, and I, I honestly pr- appreciate that uh, I'm doing so many different facets of content creation when it comes to Spurs, so I'm happy to be here. I heard you have a, a big guest on your show yes, on the Jaeger uh, Report. So, and not, not just with the Jaeger Report, this is going to be for At The Line. Okay. Yesterday, I released a early access to our episode with Drew Eubanks. Um, we got we got to sit down with Drew and actually have a really solid interview with them talking about a lot of his his path through the NBA. Uh, there's some really good insight on like the pre-draft process, if you guys were always interested in. Then I know it was something I was curious about. And then add on that, we talked a lot of other banter. If you are a fan of Warzone, he ta- he plays a lot of Warzone, and we talked a little bit of that. So, nice, nice. But you can check it out now for free on anywhere you get your podcasts or at the line. You can check it out on Twitter, at the line pod, or Again, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Same places that you get Locked On Spurs, you can get at the line. Yeah, we'll talk more about the Jaeger Report later on in the show. Uh, Ty's very excited about that. Ty, uh, oh, everybody, first of all, follow him on Twitter, at the Ty Jaeger. Uh, Ty, let's go to dive right into this. Look, uh, two summer league games out in Utah are in the books. They got one tonight. So uh, well, hopefully they'll uh, wrap that up on a win. But, you know, they, they dropped the first two games. And we should make it very clear. Wins and losses don't really matter right now in the summer league. It's just about development. It's just about seeing what the kids got. Maybe there's a diamond in the rough, isn't it, Ty? Yeah, it's summer league is just really for these guys to get reps. It doesn't matter, especially with the Utah series where it's just kind of around. It's not even a tournament. It's just guys just playing each other for for reps, development. Now, when you do get to Vegas, I think it becomes a little more competitive. You get a lot more games at because this is a tournament and you are going to have a championship in terms of the summer league. So I think it gets more competitive in Vegas, but in Utah, it doesn't really matter. It's just these guys kind of getting acclimated to the NBA game, getting reps, playing alongside other NBA level talent. I know that these guys are fringe bench guys, but still, these are some of the best players in the world at this moment. So it's certainly a big step for a lot of these guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And just because they play in the San Antonio uniform right now, does that mean another team can come and scoop them up, Ty? You know, they're actually showing out pretty much for the rest of the league. So guys like Justin Robinson, yes, David Robinson's son, he may be wearing his dad's old number right now. But, he, you know, if, if the Kings or the Celtics or the Knicks wanted him, they can come get him. So, again, there's a lot, a lot of riding for their future, whether it be in Utah or in Las Vegas. But let's dive into the first two games. You know, putting away the scoreboard again, they don't, it doesn't matter. 
Uh, let's start off with your thoughts on um, Josh Primo. He made his debut in game two of the Salt Lake City Review. Your thoughts. So with Primo, first off, I think I need to make it make it stated that this is Primo's first like NBA-level talent game that he's ever played. And as a result, he had six turnovers. That was kind of expected, especially with the guy that's kind of trying to learn that playmaking position because that's not exactly the role that he played in Alabama. He played more of a spot-up shooter, catch and, off the catch and shoot, some drives, not too much. But now he's trying to elevate his playmaking game which is going to be a huge swing for him if he's able to develop it in the NBA. But so he had six turnovers against that game, but I think it looked, so it kind of looked a little bit rough at first. First off, he wasn't in the first game. It was only the second game they played. Right. And, but still he got 11 points. He was second in scoring right behind Devin Vassell. His three point shot looks really clean. Still getting boards and had some really impressive drives, got to the line too. So there was a lot of promising stuff. Like it's not going to be the prettiest. Again, it, this is a 18 year old playing his first NBA level game, but the flashes that he showed out there, they looked really impressive and they're very promising. Absolutely. Uh, after the game, uh, Coach Mitch Johnson did say there were moments where uh, the kid, when you know, got frustrated, and that he they had to calm him down and kind of settle him down. But that's to be expected. He is just 18 years old, and when I was watching the game, one thing that stood out to me, Ty, was that. He can pass. He can pass the ball. Yeah, there were the six turnovers, and that's a product of that. But once he gets that, you know, that skill crafted more and and you know more precise, he could be a very dangerous uh, passer. And and his teammates are going to have to be aware that you know on the break he can catch him instantly. Yeah, and he honestly should have more assists than them than were listed on the box score. Like there was one that. He was, I want to say he was at the top of the key. He was going to drive and found his found his man in the corner for a wide open three. Now the man missed it and Devin Vassell finished it with the putback. But still, there were so many passes like that where he found open men like across the key and just it looked really impressive. He has a good little, he has good court vision to him. And I would love to see what he does, especially in this Friday game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, as the, the summer games go on, expect Primo to get more minutes and uh, kind of get those, um, you, you know, those first steps out of the way. You know, the good news is, though, is that Mitch Johnson did say uh, that he, he, Primo, looked steady out there, you know, for the most part. And even Primo himself, he said he wasn't, you know, nervous that he had a lot of, a, like, you know, like excitement uh, to play in his first uh, pro game. So that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, Ty, you know, you talked about the turnovers. He did address that after the uh, game, and he he, he was kind of hard on himself that he caught the ball up too much. Again, a sign that the Spurs maybe, as of right now, I know it's way too early to tell, but maybe they got they got himself a gem. Yeah, it's it's the guys that push themselves the most are the ones that are going to become the most successful. Look at Jimmy Butler of all people, where he just does not stop no matter what he's doing. He doesn't stop going to the gym, working working it, practicing, anything like that. He wakes up. I want to say that someone, whenever he was in the bubble, someone complained because they heard him uh, dribbling his his basketball at like 4 a.m. in the morning in his mm-hmm. hotel room. So, but at, if you have guys that like that who are going to be hard on themselves, that just means that they're pushing themselves the most. Now, some people do see that as like, oh, he's going to be too hard on himself. He's going to be too much in his head. I don't think so. Again, Primo's really young. He's going to learn. He's, again, he's only 18. He's going to turn 19 in December. Right. It's 
this is a really young guy and he is already doing what he did against NBA level talent. That's impressive. You know, he doesn't even have a driver's license. That's what Wieskamp said. Uh, yo, uh, I, I, uh, during the uh, first uh, pre, uh, summer league game, Wieskamp uh, spoke with media and he said that, you know, I think he just came out. He goes, like, he goes, Primo doesn't even have a driver's license. So they had to Uber everywhere. So <laughs> he is very young. But no, you know, it's just one game. I get it, Ty. You know, you know, people would come at you like, oh, Ty, you're, you're really putting him in the Hall of Fame. You know, we're just, we get it. It's just one game. But in that one game, he showed some skill that you can extrapolate and say, you know what, if he stays on this path, he could be quite the fine for the Spurs at number 12, despite the fact that Spurs fans are still knocking the team for burning their number 12 on him. The you know, just he, a little bit. Of, I was going to say, another thing that really impressed me that I forgot to mention was his defense. His defense looked really solid out there. Like the duo of him and Devin Vassell out there on defense was a bit of a nightmare for the offense. And I get Again, he's much more lengthy than you think he is. He's, I want to say he's like 6'6 six, six or something like that. But man, his athleticism is keeping him in front of guys. And just uh, the defense was also another flash from him. Like, you're not going to see that in the box tour, but he did a really good job out there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just again, just circling back to, to Primo just really fast. One thing that I liked when I saw was that he, you know, and I get it, he's a kid, he's 18 years old. I get it, he's going to fill out his frame. But his if you look at when he gets older and he continues to grow he could be a terror on both ends of the court tie do have you have you seen the size of his hands he has i know that we don't want to mention the claw but <laughs> man that pretty much hands are huge and yeah, like they're, they're they're pretty big yeah i think i think he can palm the ball fight uh, most NBA players can, but man, I think he could do it easily. But yeah, I think this this guy has a lot more to grow into. We saw Keldon have a good little growth spurt. I think we're seeing Devin with a growth spurt. I can't wait to see the the heights listed for Devin because I don't think he's going to be six five anymore. I think he's going to be more no. like six seven. And yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk. Well, let's talk about Devin then. You know, good good segue there, Ty. He made his summer league debut in game two out in Utah. And look, he sat out of game one because of conditioning. And in a nutshell, Ty, he just was out of shape. That's basically what it was. He was just out of shape, but nevertheless, got burned in game two. It looked pretty good. You know, I, I you know, I think he scored in double figures, you know, attacking the rim. He did look bigger. And after the game, he did tell media that, hey, he was working on ball handling and his three shot. Ty, your thoughts on what you saw in just one game for Vassell? 14 points, eight rebounds, one assist, two steals on only two turnovers. Yeah, I liked it what I saw out there from Devin Vassell, especially on the defensive end. He was he was a disruptor. You saw him going into the double teams, like I said, with, with Primo. He was getting in people's faces. He was not making shots easy. And there's a reason there he has seven defensive rebounds because he was making people miss those shots, especially down low. And... His offense was not super clean, but also it's it's summer league, and like he said, he was a little out of shape. So there's and also honestly, no one was really great out there in the in the first summer league game. I want to say that no team hit a three at least in the first quarter. Like yeah. they were over twenty as a combined two teams from deep. So it's I, I'm not expecting great shooting, especially early on in the summer league. There's a reason that they're doing this Utah league so guys can like really get acclimated 
get back into shape and kind of get used to, used to the speed before they go to Vegas. But Vassell, just doing he's going to be doing a lot more on the floor, I believe, for San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And, and the two way threat is there. He's going to be able to score and, off of pull ups. He's going to do three point. He's going to shoot from behind the arc. He was over four, but again, I'm not worried about summer league numbers. We saw that he shot really well in San Antonio in his limited minutes. He's taller now. He's good grabbing boards. Like he almost had a double double. That's how close mm-hmm. it was. Like he had almost he had five rebounds in the first quarter alone. So wow. he's doing a lot more. I think he's going to be a very all around threat for the Spurs. And if he's going to be able to do some more ball handling and really get around defenders using some some dribbling moves, ooh, Devin Vassell's might be dangerous. One thing I like uh, about this summer league uh, team moving forward and regarding Devin Vassell is he is going to be the focal point um, in the final game versus, uh, uh, you know, I think, Minnesota, I think they got tonight. And, oh, no, I'm sorry, Memphis, excuse me, Memphis. And then, of course, in Vegas is that he is the focal point. Everything's going to run through him. He embraced it. He told everybody after the game that he, he loves it, that he's going to be the man. I think that's going to boost him going into next season at a time. Yeah, we've seen this every single – we've seen this every summer league that you're, the young guys have always gotten run. And if they really – really, they've all outperformed. They've shown that they are the one of the best players on the court. We saw this with Lonnie Walker in his summer league where – he was just by far a best, the best player on the court. We saw this with Keldon. And now I think we're going to see this with Devin Vassell, where Devin's just going to show off and he's going to show everyone on the floor that I'm better than you. And there's, I don't think it's going to be a contest, but Devin yeah. Vassell yeah. looks like to be the best player out there. And again, getting these, these first option reps really helps them get the ball in their hand, find out what they're really good at and what they really need to improve on because they're going to do almost everything. And looking at how this is going to be, I think it's going to go Devin, Trey, and then Primo for just in terms of like looking at options. I think Primo might even be the second option at this at this point. But right, it's these summer league is a is a second is a second version of G League, and that's a really positive thing because these guys are getting reps, they're getting touches, and they are becoming the focal point of these offenses to where they can really really hone their craft and not get stuck on a bench like they, you probably would normally in the NBA. And honestly, I don't think any – I think only Primo is going to be really stuck on the bench when it comes to this NBA league, NBA season, with how this team is stacking up to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're talking with Ty Yeager. Follow him on Twitter, at the Ty Yeager. Why? Because he has a new uh, adventure in his blogging, podcasting, writing world. It's called the Yeager Report. Find out more about that in you know, just a bit. You know, Ty – we can't forget about the other rookie. That is Joe Wieskamp. Um, you know, he's played both games, you know, kind of been having a rough go shooting. He went over in his debut after that game one. He did say that he's not worried about it. He knows the shot would fall, but a little better in game two. But still, the shot was just short. It wasn't really connecting. Uh, should we be worried the fact that uh, the rookie has been having a rough go so far? No, again, it's. It's really too early to be worried or anything like that. Now, say that he goes throughout the whole summer league and his shot doesn't get to land, then I think there's going to be a little bit of some concerns. Luckily, there's, he's doing a lot more on the floor than just shooting. He's getting, he's grabbing boards. He's actually playing some solid defense. And it's again, I'm not worried. Again, this is the first two games that this guy has played an NBA level with NBA distance three pointer line. So I'm not too worried. Um, 
But like I said, if he if this does continue into Vegas and throughout the whole Vegas tincture, I can't talk today. If we throw out all Vegas, then they there is going to be some concern. I look at Wieskamp as a guy that could possibly, maybe, see some minutes in in a San Antonio uniform next season, if during his G League time, you know, he's knocking down those outside shots on the regular. And if the Spurs, as we're seeing, they're targeting uh, shooters, Brent Forbes is back, for example, then maybe, just maybe, Ty, we could see the rookie, not in Austin, but in San Antonio, maybe sometime after the All-Star break. Yeah, I, I can see it. And what Drew had told us on our podcast was that uh, practices are going to be very competitive because there's no clear-cut starters or anything like that. Like, you can probably predict who's going to be starting, but – there's going to be so much competition in terms of fighting for minutes, fighting for playtime that you're going to see a lot of, a lot of, um, I like to say that competition breeds, breeds some of the best performances out of people. And I think that's what we're going to see this, this season in terms of if you, if you're stuck, if you're in a slump, someone else is ready to take it, take over for you because they're, Again, these guys are going to be fighting for minutes. No one's established into their role, maybe outside DeJounte Murray and Derek White. But this is, it's going to be a fun season. And I can definitely see Wieskamp becoming one of those guys that gets a call up and gets a few minutes within the rotation if someone's not having a good performance. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look, if the Spurs want to stack on um, more three point shooting and outside threat, the rookie might be able to address that as well. Well, as a matter of fact, that's why they probably picked him at number 41 the fact that he was one of the better three-point shooters in the uh, college landscape last season. Uh, let's just talk overall now. Has there anybody that has stood out for you, you know, on the roster that we're not talking about? Uh, you know, you really haven't seen much from Anthony Mathis, you know, again, a form, well, Austin Spur last year. Uh, you know, you really haven't seen, you know, Mike, I think it was at uh, Mitchell, Matt Mitchell, excuse me, you know, a couple of doing, you know, double-figure scoring night. Scala BCA, what about him? You know, has anybody else stood out for you? I think so. I think I'm really excited to see what Trey Jones is going to do. He's been out with concussion protocol lately because he got banged up in one of the practices. But I'm really curious to see what Trey Jones is going to do because coming out of Duke, he was a great assist man, great point guard with excellent defense, won ACC player of the year and defense player of the year in his, in his final season with Duke. And I'm really interested to see what he can do. Anthony Mathis is another name that I do like. He he didn't really do too much in the first game because I think he did get injured, but he did he showed up in Austin with a solid three point shot and it was doing a lot right. of good things out there. The name that I really like and I've liked since that G League bubble it's going to be Nate Renfro. Nate Renfro is athletic. He's tall. He does a lot of he does a lot of dirty work down low, even being for like a fairly slim frame and. I'm bef- going before we had the roster additions going into going into like the first of two day first two days of free agency. Nate Renfro was on my list of being a possible two way guy because he his athleticism coming out of San Francisco State. I want to say San Francisco State or college one two that he was solid and he does he does a lot on the floor. Now this last game he got four boards, uh, two points. And had five fouls, but again, he does a lot more on the floor than than just doing that, especially what he showed off in the G League bubble. So, yeah, like like I said earlier, these are some of the first games back that these guys have played. So I'm not I'm not rating too heavily into their performances, 
but keep an eye on Nate Renfro. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on Scal, the big man. Uh, if, if the Spurs are still looking to add size, which we know they're addressing in the offseason, Zach Collins is now in, the the, the big man from Australia, Jock, uh, he is now a Spur. And, and if they want to continue to shore up depth at that position, then he could be a guy. He is a veteran of the game. Uh, you know, in, in his debut with the Spurs summer team, not too bad, double-figure scoring, you know, played. He had one sequence where, you know, he got the block and then he went back on the court for the inside of the court to get the score. There's something there, and he could be just another big the Spurs can use down the road. You know, the majority of these guys, let's face it, Ty, they're probably going to see most of their careers in the G League next season unless Primo has some sort of crazy breakout, you know, in Vegas or, or, or Weiss, you know, knocks down those shots like nothing. But I think what we're seeing so far from this young core out in the summer league is that the Spurs – may have themselves a great Austin team to pick from in the regular season tie. Yes, I agree. And especially being such a young San Antonio team already, that you have room to bring in Austin guys. You can have bring in guys that are really outperforming their contracts in Austin and outperform the competition. So there's a lot of room to work for. You have a lot of competition amongst these guys and it's going to be fun. It's, I don't, and some people think that, Oh, it's going to be a tank season or anything like that. I don't see that. Just especially whenever you're looking at the young talent that you have, the way that they outperformed against whenever they were given the ball. Like, look at the Phoenix game. Look at the Milwaukee game where they blow out Phoenix. And whenever they, without yeah. DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, and then also they didn't have Yaka Perto and they had still Rudy Gay coming off the bench. But still, you had a starting lineup of DeJounte, Derek, Keldon, Luca, and Drew out outscore and kick ass in a Phoenix on a Phoenix team that went to the NBA finals. That's yeah. just, that's a reminder. And now you're going to add on some of the other younger talent that you're going to find some hidden gems amongst this Austin Spurs lineup. And they're going to have a chance to really compete for some minutes as well. If they outperformed in Austin, this is like a great opportunity for not only development, but finding guys that are going to be different difference makers for you. Cause look at, look at the two guys that have came out of the G league and drew and Bryn Forbes. These guys these guys have outperformed their time in Austin as undrafted guys and have earned themselves contracts and roles on not just as, not just the Spurs. Look at Brent Forbes who went, went to Milwaukee and had a solid role out there. So mm-hmm. it's really encouraging and um, it's, it should be exciting. Absolutely. Hey, we're talking with Ty Yeager. He is with at the line podcast. Follow him on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. Hey, you know, before we go into our next segment, I want to celebrate the freedom of choice with you. How? Well, do Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors and there's something for everyone, even for you, Ty? So uh, you might want to listen in here. They got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange. The list goes on and on when it comes to their flavors. And hey, if you can't figure out which flavors you want, don't worry about it. Built Bar has the mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. So not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting around, they're also healthy for you, too. 18, 17 grams of protein, that's it. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to built.com right now. And when you do that, order today and get the grasshopper cookie. I tried it, Ty. It actually tastes pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, it's really good. Or I just, I just, heard, or, I just heard cookie and uh, now I'm now I'm interested. I now I want a cookie. It was it's it's the grasshopper cookie. So 
and it's not that bad. So get whatever you like over at Built.com. And by the way, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's 15% off at Built.com. Let's go to continue our chat with Ty Yeager. Ty, you know, I'm glad you brought that up right before the uh, break here uh, about, you know, some people thinking that next season could be a tank season. Uh, I know you're, you just said it right now. You don't think it's going to happen that way. So let's kind of gaze into the crystal ball now. And look ahead, I, or should we say the way too early look ahead, considering that the rate that the Spurs are making changes to the roster. But as of this recording, you look at the roster. Do you think this team is a playoff bound, eight seed or higher, play inbound, or missing everything altogether? They are definitely at least play inbound. That's just the way I see it. This team, whenever they didn't have guys like DeRozan or Patty Mills or Rudy Gay on the floor, they did really well. And it's because there's a different style of basketball being played. Yeah, you can look at the stats and say that, oh, they no one on this no one on this team is going to be has averaged over 15 points a game. Yeah, because they never had the role that they're about to be pushed into. It's you're not going to have guys like DeMar DeRozan who are going to be the focal point of your offense. You're going to have different guys that are going to be that focal point. You're going to have DeJounte, you're going to have Derek and Keldon and Lonnie be some of the main guys for your offense. And as a result, you're going to see these guys have better stats all around and much higher points per game or anything like that. If you're just strictly looking at stats for stats like points per game or per game stats, it's just these, these guys are going to have elevator roles. And I think people are really underrating that. They are not, I don't think they're taking that into consideration whenever they're looking at this roster. They say, Oh, this team's only going to win 10 games, 15 games. Like, no, that's not. First off, this team is still really solid, has still has solid skills all around it. You are also having a much more well-balanced team in terms of the personnel that you just added. You are probably going to go from the bottom three-point shooting team to one the mo- one like the at least the middle of the pack with additions like Mc- Doug McDermott having Lonnie Walker improved, having Bryn Forbes come back. I know Bryn Forbes' defense liabilities are still there, but he was still a 40 well, yeah, they didn't bring him in. They, yeah, they didn't bring him in for defense. We know exactly why. You know, So I think Spurs fans should get that out of their head right Got now. It. You know, Don't expect him to be some two-way player. He's just here for three-point shooting. Yeah, he's here for three-point shooting, and he was a really damn good three-point shooter. And also, I think Bud and Milwaukee really established the role that Bryn Forbes thrives in, and hopefully that translates to San Antonio, too. But and then you also have Derek White, who had more three point attempts than Patty Mills, who was second on the team in three point attempts. So you're going to have much more. You're having a much better team, I would say. And I honestly, you're. I think this is going to be a, one of the top defensive teams in the league too. Just from looking at the personnel, looking at who you have on added onto this team is like, and say Thaddeus Young is going to stay. Thaddeus Young is going to be a huge addition to this team just on the defensive end of the floor because he was one of the best defensive guys in Chicago. But it's just overall looking at the roster, even if though even though there's 17 players currently listed and some are going to get at least one of them is going to get moved, I would think. Because I think if you look at it, it's really there's only 16 guys because Wieskamp has a signed contract. I think Aminu is going to get moved. I just don't see where he mm-hmm. fits in terms of the depth chart or anything like that. But and then also add on, you're going to have a lot of competitive practices, like I said earlier. These guys are going to be really competitive, and they're going to be trying to play their best to make sure that they get their minutes and they get their role on the team. And, man, 
it should be exciting because honestly, no matter what happens, it's going to be a win-win this season because you're going to get young development no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I th- I, again, I think they're going to be a better team than people keep. I, th- I believe people are just underselling this team. I think they're going to be much better than anticipated. But say yeah. that they say that it doesn't work out, it doesn't pan out. You're going to land. You're probably going to land in the top four for a draft pick, which that's still good. Right. And mm-hmm. if and if they are good and they make a play in or even get the back, the back half of the playoffs, that's even better because that's even more time for development. That's even more success, and it shows that this first young team is going to be really solid if they're able to make a playoff in their first season as a young core. That's a great. And again, people are underselling this team. But they got to realize that these guys are going to become elevated roles. They're going to be in much more prominent offensive roles, much more, many more minutes on the defensive end. And again, I am so excited just to see, because honestly, I don't know how this team is going to be constructed. I don't know what the starting lineup is going to be because there are so many new additions. There's so many different questions in a good way in terms of who's going to be, who's going to be coming off the bench, who's going to be starting, because I honestly don't know. I think the only two starters that are really kind of pinned in are DeJounte and Derek, DeJounte and Keldon. I think Derek's even kind of a question mark in terms of, is he right. going to be playing at the shooting guard or is he going to come off the bench and have Lonnie start instead? There's so many questions and it's, but it's like, it's in a good way. I look at this team tie and, and I agree with you. I think they are playing bound at minimum, but I don't see them securing like, like a seed, uh, like six or higher that I don't see. I, I just can't see it. Uh, you mentioned the loss of the veterans. I think that's going to hurt uh, them. You know, we saw them rely heavily on them last year, especially in that playing game. It was what Demar and Rudy that led the team. It wasn't any of the young guys. And I was hoping it would be the young one of the young guys in that game versus Memphis. But, but, but also, but also look at the results of that playing game because of those two guys leading. It didn't really, it didn't really breed any success there, unfortunately. And we saw ball movement just kind of went out the window in that playing game. And there's a, and just the ball movement went out the window. You try to rely on two vets that were not having a good game. And going into this young team, it, I think that's going to change dramatically because you have, again, you have a much more well-rounded team. I think there's going to be a lot more team focused stuff instead of just focusing on one player. And I think that's going to be for the better. We saw that again in that Phoenix game, you had, I want to say seven or eight guys scoring double digit points because the ball was being shared around and the scoring, the scoring load was balanced. And, Say that, and I the benefit of this is say that say that Derek gets shut down from the, by the defense. If you're able to go over to Dejounte or Keldon or even Devin just for your to go back to the offense, and you're not relying on one guy, that's a better offense in my opinion because it's just much more well balanced. You see it. I know some teams are really built around that one guy. Looking at Milwaukee, looking at LA with with Giannis and LeBron, but if you can have a well balanced team. Defenses are not going to ha- defenses are going to have a big time just trying struggling to defend you if you're able to just say, "Oh, you're going to shut down that one guy." Well, we're just going to hand over to this guy, and he's going to score on you now. Uh, and I hear that. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it was just the makeup of that team, and you know, the the, the vets didn't perform well. I think Rudy let the team more than twenty points in that playing game, but yeah, I think just looking as a whole, I think it's going to impact them. Now, you can say, you know, well, Bryn is back. You know, Bryn's been there, done that with San Antonio. He's coming back an NBA champion. Uh, and he might be looked at to fulfill that Patty Mills leadership role. Maybe, maybe. 
because he has that corporate knowledge from San Antonio, quote unquote. But but the same token, I do like the fact that they're on their own now. Like I think that's good. I think now they're gonna figure out figure out for themselves, which is probably gonna breed some games where it could be a long night tie. There could be games where one loss turns into three in a row. But then there's gonna be games where they're just showing out. I think it's going to be a mirror image of last season, but I would tack on maybe six more games if uh, Derek White is healthy and he stays healthy throughout the entire season. I, I think the Spurs are a lot more successful. They have a healthy Derek White last season, just from mm-hmm. the way that he was. The team was really successful with Derek White on the floor, and you you saw that the team kind of struggled without Derek White, and then you add on that. Then you add on that really weird second half ske- schedule where it doesn't help that. You only had you didn't get more than one night of rest per game and for like 43 games. So last season it was really weird. And honestly, again, I think it's a better team that's being constructed. Yeah, you don't have a you don't have a definitive go-to score at this moment. I think that will be shaped up shaped up around as the season progresses, but you got a lot more shooting. Your defense has improved, and the I think the defense is gonna be the focal point of this team going moving forward. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an exciting time next season for your San Antonio Spurs. I, I hope that uh, with Primo, that he sees some NBA minutes, and I, I you can really see it now. He's going to be pretty much wearing that Austin uniform quite a bit next season. But I hope when he does get recalled, it's not the uh, you get recalled. Primo Spurs fan base goes nuts and thinking that he's going to play twenty five minutes and he's stapled to the bench. I hope he actually gets about eight ten minutes. Even if it's garbage time, or even if the, the the team is just getting routed, I just want him out there just for a little bit of time. Yeah, and I don't blame you. It's, I think Austin is going to be really beneficial for him because, as you've seen, it's been beneficial to almost every guy that's come before him in terms of first round picks. Dejounte, Derek, Lonnie, Keldon—they've all benefited from that. Even then, Luca last season, even if it was seven games, Luca showed Luca showed off in the G League bubble, and. I think it's. I think G League's gonna be really beneficial for him, especially with the Spurs still. They have abundance of guards still, but I think it's gonna really shape out this season. And if he can start, if Primo can find his way into the rotation, even at a limited minute, I'm. I think I'd be happy just because that means he's getting full NBA development time. He's getting full NBA play, but I'm not gonna be disappointed if he is in Austin. Yeah, no, no, another right. And look, we know they're not gonna rush his progress. Brian Wright told everybody that. So Primo will be taking his time, but next season should be interesting. You know, this is the this is pretty much their team now. This is the Young Guns team. Dejounte Murray pretty much all but proclaimed it on his social media, saying, you know, hey, this is our time. We talked about this forever, and then Keldon chimed in and Drew chimed in. So they're ready now. It's just time to put the product on the court. Uh, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the Spurs at the Summer League game? We get it. We get it. It's just a couple of games. Third game is tonight. But what are you seeing so far in these early two games? You like what you see out of Primo? or about Wieskamp? Somebody else on the roster that's uh, opening your eyes. And what do you think about next season? Do you think the Spurs, as presently constructed, because Ty, you know, wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade after we hit the end of oh, the yeah. no, not at all. episode. Oh, no, not all. Yeah, exactly. But as of this recording, do you think the Spurs have what it takes to get in the playoffs, make the play-in, or just miss it at all? But, Ty, it's time for you to brag about the Yeager Report. What is this new thing you're doing? 
All right, so Jaeger Report, it's part of the Substack, which is just kind of an our way that writers have been getting a lot of their stuff out. Mark Stein's been using it, and that's how I found it. But I'm going to be releasing articles there, opinion pieces, and just kind of giving you guys the latest breaking news and stuff like that. Um, if you want to be a paid subscriber, meaning you help me, you're help me support me financially, and that I, that means a lot to me. Um, you're going to get some early access on stuff like the like I released the Drew Eubanks podcast a day early on Thursday. That was exclusive to my paid subscribers on on the Jaeger Report. So if you want to help me out there, that's highly appreciated. It's not needed though. It's most of my stuff is going to be free free to anyone that subscribes. It's just a newsletter. So. But check it out, Jaeger Report. Um, I did a, I recently did a breakdown of the departures of the Spurs, of players leaving the Spurs. So I did a did a write down of Rudy and Patty and Demar specifically, and why they're kind of why I see the Spurs moving on from them, and just kind of get them kind of doing a recount of their time in San Antonio as well. So, but you can check that out. That's going to be JaegerReport.substack.com. Go to it right now. Subscribe. Help tie out, and of course. Uh... Support him over at At The Line Podcast. As for me, subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. iTunes, Google Play. If you see Ty's uh, At The Line Podcast, we'll keep on searching you. I also see Lockdown Spurs. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you to subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. So, for Ty, the Jaeger Report, Jaeger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Lockdown Spurs.